So I have a question um, as part of all of the socializing, the answer to which I hope you will answer, uh, will give me an answer. The question is, you have a very important task to be done. You have a very important task to be done. Who would you choose? And why would you choose the person? Or how would you choose the person? So let's just go with two. Who would you choose? And how would you choose? How would you choose this person? Mitru, give me a thumbs up. Can you hear me? Give me a thumbs up. Thanks. Okay. Today, we're just going to continue with Acts. And we're looking Acts 1, verses 12 to 26. If you look at this little portion of scripture, it holds deep truth. But it's overlooked many a time. You know why? Because it's sandwiched between two very important events. Two very important events. The first one would be, anybody, a guess? The ascension. And the second would be Pentecost. So sandwiched between these two very major events, we have this little portion of scripture, just about 14 verses. And basically, I want us to look at it. Please understand with the background that the book of Acts is about Luke or the author establishing the most important foundation of our belief. And that most important foundation is the resurrection of Jesus. That's the first thing that Luke wants to establish. But the second thing that he wants to establish is basically the people who carried this message to the rest of the world as they were ordained to do so, as they were commanded to do so. How do we know that they were actually people of integrity, people who were credible, people who actually um, were good enough to carry this and to hold this truth and for people to believe in it? Okay, I'm going to read the, the scripture. It says here, then the disciples went back to Jerusalem from the hill called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, only a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered the city, they mounted the stairs to the upper room where they were staying. This was a large upper room. Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot and Judas, son of, his, of James. All of these, with their minds in full agreement, devoted themselves steadfastly to prayer, waiting together with the women, with Mary, and with Jesus' brothers. Now, one of those days, of those days, Peter arose among the brethren, the whole number of whom gathered together. And this was probably about 120 of them. That room must have been really large, don't you think? Brethren, he said, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the lips of David about Judas, who acted as a guide so that Jesus was arrested. For he was counted amongst us and received by divine allotment his portion in the ministry. Now the man obtained a piece of land with the money paid to him as a reward for his treachery and wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle of his body and all his intestines poured out. And all the residents of Jerusalem became acquainted with this and the facts so that they called the piece of land in their own dialogue, Akeldema, that is the field of blood. For in the book of Psalms, it is written, let his place of residence 
become deserted and gloomy and let there be no one to live in it. Let another take his position, yes, or his overseership or his ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that Lord Jesus went in and out amongst us from the baptism of John at the outset until the day of, of ascension, he says, one of those men must join with us and become a witness to testify to this resurrection. The purpose of his choice was to witness to the resurrection. And he would be that witness when he was part of the 12 that they were, when they were going to be appointed by the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, and they accordingly proposed two men, Joseph called Barsabas, or, or who was surnamed, that was nicknamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, you Lord, you know all our hearts, passions, desires, you know everything about us. Indicate to us which of these two should be the 12th apostle to take the place of the ministry and receive the position of an apostle for which Judas fell away and went astray to his own place. And they drew lots and the Lord fell on Matthias and he was added to and counted with the 11 apostles. I want this afternoon to really divide this portion into three points, three Fs. We follow because we are witnesses. Okay? What kind of people were these people who were called to be witnesses? Write these points down in your Bible. Look at them later when you have the time. Yes? A witness is one who has personal knowledge of a situation. Yes? They were as witnesses holding this very important task that was to be executed. But they demonstrated why they were chosen. And let's go with the three Fs. The first F is they knew to follow orders. Number one, they knew to follow orders. As instructed by Jesus in Acts 1 verse 4, what does Acts 1 verse 4 say? And while being in their company and eating at the table with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for what the father had promised. Yes, he commanded them and they did as they were commanded. So they followed his commands. They knew how to follow orders. That was the point number one, the first F. And they were waiting for the promise. Now, why am I saying they followed orders? What was so great about it? Jerusalem, just the previous Sunday before Jesus's death, was a place full of people, lakhs of people. It says the place thundered with hosannas because people had come in for the Passover. People had come in out there and when they shouted hosanna, it thundered down the, the place. The whole area thundered with the, with the sounds of the people. Crowds had entered in. Yes, they come from, and from there, the thundering of the hosanna was the thundering of crucify him, crucify him. And from there, basically, to telling Pilate, secure the tomb. He is an infidel. He said, he did. And with all of this background and scenario, Jerusalem was in a frenzy. Jerusalem was one of the most unfriendly places to be in. And Jesus is saying, go back to Jerusalem. Go back where all the hangama, as you would say, is happening at the present moment. There's a whole lot taking place over there. They did not question Jesus they went back. They did what they were asked to do. What they were commanded to do, they went ahead with. 
we want to see after that. Amidst all of this, Jesus says, stay in Jerusalem. Verse 12, they went to Jerusalem, and I'm reading there, the disciples went back to Jerusalem from the hill called Olivet, yes? And when they had entered the room, the city, they mounted the stairs. They mounted the stairs to an upper room. A very large room is what is mentioned. Okay, a lot of people say it was the same upper room because the article the is placed before the upper room. So it's the same upper room that probably Jesus broke bread with the, with the apostles. The point of the whole thing is the room was huge, but they followed orders. How? They went there and they stayed together. Who stayed there? The, level, the 11 disciples, the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the brothers of Jesus, and most probably the 70 disciples who had been with Jesus, because it says there were 120 people. Yes, the scriptures records it and says that there were 120 people, right? Think of it, 120 different characters, 120 people with different backgrounds, 120 people with different statuses, 120 people with different thinking, 120 people who had their own view about everything, but they were there for one common purpose. If you think of those 120, Peter had denied Jesus, and now basically he had been forgiven and he had been reinstated. And there was Jesus's brothers who called Jesus insane just a little bit earlier, right? We have Matthew, the tax collector, he had bribed left, right, and center. He had taken more money from people who could hardly give. And then Simon the Zealot, who was basically, he had his own political agenda, and they actually enjoyed putting the tax collectors to death. It was something that they enjoyed as an entertainment. These are the kind of people who came together, 120 of them. But the scripture says, and let us look over there, it says, all of these their minds in full agreement they obeyed the command yes what do we see they acknowledged the lordship of jesus that was the first thing in following in being a witness they followed the commands of jesus they indeed had understood the lordship of jesus in their life they obeyed him now they knew one thing that they must fortify themselves, strengthen themselves. Jerusalem was in such a bad state and people were waiting for Pentecost, the 50th day after the Passover, 50th day, Penti, yes? So they were waiting for that. It was the feast of the harvest, the feast of weeks, right? 50th day, people were there in Jerusalem. Now they knew that they must fortify themselves for what was to come. What was it to come? He said, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes. What do we, what do we mean by the word? witness for what purpose had they come together it was for the outpouring of the holy spirit and what did they do and what did they do they obeyed the command number one but the second thing is they had the greatest example before them he got up early in the morning as colin said last sunday 3 30 4 o'clock in the morning and he climbed up that mountain and he went out to pray and he sought the will of the father he arose early and they followed the disciples, the apostles, Mary, and everyone saw what Jesus had done. They lived with him and they followed him. And what did they do? They went on their knees and began praying. And with supplication, they went to the Father. Now you would say Jesus just died. What were they praying for? Why did they need to pray? 
Well, what were they praying for? Jesus had just died. They had been taught well. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. You know, the lockdown for them was an indefinite period. Think about it. There was no end. There was no date. There was no point where Jesus had said, on this day, at this time, the Holy Spirit will come and you'll be there until that time. No, 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 no. It was 120 of them living together in expectation of what was to happen without an end date. You and I are looking every day to the paper, papers to see where is that date? Where is that time? When will the government say everything is okay? When will we know that the COVID is totally free of it? We're all looking at it desperately. But what did they do? Let's learn from them. What did they do? They prayed. They prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done. They prayed for the promise. They prayed according to the scriptures. They prayed with courage. God, you're made, telling us to be witnesses. What is a witness? A witness talks about what is to come, what they have experienced and what they must go out and tell. But understand that all of Jerusalem was already against Jesus. They already crucified him. They needed boldness. You know, the word martyrsa means people who would be persecuted. It means witness and the apostles and the disciples and everybody knew that when they were in that place that they were going to experience persecution and they were going to experience even death. They were witnesses. They had promised their life to this. They had given themselves to it. And so they prayed for courage, for boldness, for strength. They knew what they must do. The best part of it is Luke 24 verse 50 says, they continued in the temple celebrating and praising God, blessing God, extolling him. That's what Luke 24 verse 53 says. Luke 24 verse 53. They prayed and they readied themselves. Number one, they obeyed the commands. They followed the commands. Number two, they readied themselves in this very indefinite period. They had an attitude that was different to what we have today. Let's pray. Let's seek God. Let's find out what he has to say. Let's be close to him because we know something's coming up. As last year said, he's going to show us something for the future. Let's be tuned in to the one who can give us everything we require, an unction of the Holy Spirit to do what he wants us to do. I want to go to point two over there. From, from prayer, and from obeying, Peter was led to follow the scriptures. Let's look at verse 16. Brethren, he said, it was necessary that the scriptures be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit had foretold by the lips of David about Judas, who acted as a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Where do we know that this scripture verse was, was actually mentioned? And I'm looking at Psalm 109. And I'm looking verse at verse 8. Oh, let's start at 7. Okay. Or let me look at 5 first. And they have rewarded and laid upon me evil for good and hatred for my love. Verse 8. Let their days be few and let another take his office and charge. Jesus had preached in the temple. Jesus had spoken and shared with them the Psalms. Jesus had taught the scriptures, but more than anything, and apart from that, please remember that every male Jew 
was taught the scriptures and they studied and they were learned in it right from their childhood. So Peter knew the scriptures. And here he says, he says over there in verse 16, brethren, he says, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled. Peter was not impulsive. He was going according to the scriptures. Please understand, after devoting themselves in unity to prayer, to supplication, from that, what good, except what God wanted them to do would come forth. Nothing else could have come forth. Follow the scriptures and witness this fulfillment. Yes? So, he heard Jesus explain the Psalms, the scriptures in the temple. He heard the Sermon on the Mount. He heard Jesus quote the scriptures again and again. And he quotes the scriptures of Psalm 109 and verse 8. Right? And he tells them, we need to see the fulfillment of these scriptures. If you hide the word in your heart, you know what will happen? He says, I've hid, Thomas says, I've hid the word in my heart that I will not sin against you. That is Psalm 119 verse 11. I hid the word in my heart that I will not sin against you. Peter had the word in his heart. He was not on the way to sin. He was not being impulsive. He said, follow the scriptures, follow and obey the commands. Now follow the scriptures and see its fulfillment. His action was in line with the word of God, prophesied way beforehand. There must be a 12th apostle when the Holy Spirit comes. He must be appointed. What do they do? How do we know this? Let's just read over there. It says, brethren, he said it was necessary that the scriptures be fulfilled. For he was counted amongst us and received by divine allotment his portion in the ministry. It then says over there, now this man obtained a piece of land with the money and reward for treachery. Peter felt it necessary to explain to them, to tell them that Judas would no more be counted amongst them. That that was the end of Judas. That Judas was never going to be, even his death was never going to be the 12th apostle. He quotes from Zechariah 11, 12 and 13. Right? And what is Zechariah 12 and 13? Zechariah goes to his employers and says to them, look, pay me the money for my work. Pay me the money. And if you don't want to pay me, it's okay. You know what they do? They take out 30 pieces of silver and hand it over to Zechariah. You know what 30 pieces of silver was? It was the price of a slave. It was the price of a slave. And Zechariah looks at that money and he knows that he's worth far, 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 far more than that. And God commands it and says to him, go to the potter's house. What was the potter's house? The temple. Go to the potter's house and give it over there. And you know, when Judas saw that Jesus was condemned to death, he took the money, he went back to the temple, to the potter's house, and he threw the money out there. And he said, this money is stained with blood. And they said, what, it is to, what is it to us? The chief priest said, what is it to us? It's nothing. And he, in remorse, left the place. They took the money. There was no time between the time Judas got the money and the time he died to buy a parcel of land. But they took the money and they bought a parcel of land. Do you understand me? And it's called Epidama, which means a field of blood. 
But Peter establishes something in verse 17. 17, he says, he was divinely appointed by allotment. God had allotted him a ministry. The calling was from God. But Judas was poor. Judas was covetous. He thought Jesus had come to establish a secular kingdom. And do you think that the rest of them didn't do it? Let's look back again at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And it says over there, uh, sorry, uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. For when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is this the time you will re-establish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? Was Judas the only one who was deceived? No, everybody had this feeling that Jesus had come for this thing. And Jesus kept telling them, and now the resurrection has taken place. And Jesus is among them and they're asking the same question. And the passage, passage version, says, version says that every time they assembled together, they would ask Jesus the same question. When will the kingdom be established? And you know, the point in the whole thing is that Judas was already dead way before he physically died. And you know, and I, you and I both know why. Basically, he was looking for the secular kingdom and he was smarter than the rest of them. He wouldn't be asking this question again. He knew that Jesus was not going to establish any kingdom. He was not going to get, a, get riches. He was not going to get wealth. He was not going to get a position. He knew too fast to well. And so he started dipping his hand in the purse, the calming purse of the disciples and stealing from there to create his own wealth. And then what happened? He went still further. So number one, disappointment within him led him to do things which were wrong. And then he became disillusioned when he says, this money, when the perfume was poured out of the feet of Jesus, this money, 300 denarii is a year's wage. It should have been used for the poor when he actually didn't have any, any desire to give it to the poor. He actually wanted it for his own self. He was a thief, the scriptures records. In John 12, verse 5, and says, he was a thief. From the highest calling, he drops so low that when we talk about Judas today, it means you're a traitor, you're a betrayer, you're a person who, who holds no good in you. That's his name today, even used. Okay? And from disappointment, it went to dissolution. And from disillusionment, it went to deception. And Satan deceived him in that time and told him, go out, go buy your own thing, go get your own money, go give, sell Jesus, and you'll get those 30 pieces of silver, you can do anything with it. But you know, when he did that, he saw he was condemned. He went out. We think that he died on a tree. No, 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 he didn't hang himself from a tree. It says he went to the Hinnom Valley. Some people say that, not everybody. But he didn't die from hanging on a tree. It says he committed suicide and he hung himself. Where, what, and why, we don't know. But when he hung himself and fell headlong, his body bashed against something so that his tummy his belly burst open and his guts came out and they took him and they buried him in that field that they had purchased for the 30 pieces of silver it was called akadama nobody to walk on in that place nobody to go there a very gloomy alone place that's what the scripture says however when we see so it says in Psalm 109, verse 7 and 8, when the wicked is judged, let him be condemned. Let his days be few. Let another take his office. Peter followed the scriptures 
and he was about to execute the fulfillment of those scriptures. The integrity, point number three, I'm coming to the integrity of a witness is when he does things in the right manner. The process of execution, he may know things, but the process of execution, he remains faithful to. And a witness is somebody who's had a dramatic experience of Jesus. A dramatic, life-changing experience. And each of them had this. A witness is watched very closely. You and I are called to be those witnesses. Our every action, our every word, our everything that we do is watched very clear, very closely. And it determines whether you're godly or ungodly. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. There's just godly and ungodly. And so when we act, and when we think, and what we do, take every thought captive, look at it and say, God, is this from you? Is this not from you? Because I want to be a true witness. Peter had a talk, the impulsive Peter had had a talk with Jesus. Jesus had said, go into Galilee, I'm meeting you there. And after he had this talk with Jesus, yes, he changed. They got together in that room. The rest of the 119 saw the leadership of Peter and acknowledged it. And in unity together, took action on what was to be the outworking of this prophetic word spoken so many years ago. They prayed with supplication, with waiting on God. Judas's, Judas's place, according to the scriptures, had to be replaced. But Peter didn't promote his favorite candidate. There was no lobbying. There were no speeches. There was no vote in that sense of the word. Speeches to vote for me, vote for me, give me your vote. There was nothing of that. There was Barsabas, justice. Justice means the right one, a just one. He was nicknamed that. Why was he nicknamed? When somebody does something over and over again, they nickname him. They give him another name. And they say, you know, you're synonymous with this. Also, Barsabas meant someone who was born on the Sabbath. Two very fancy criteria that could actually make him the best choice at that point. But no. Peter had learned his lesson. He went back to the scriptures and he said, he looked at the criteria that, met, that they had been chosen by. They were with Jesus as witnesses from the time he was baptized right up to the ascension. And he looked in the room and he said, which of these people have been with us throughout? Yes, they were from the baptism right up the time of the ascension. And two people for, surfaced, two of them, Two of them. What was going to happen? Who was going to be chosen? Peter drew lots. To draw a lot was absolutely right, according to the scriptures. For Jonah, it says, the lot fell on him. Proverbs 18 verse 18 says, Solomon says over there, he says, let a dispute be totally reconciled by lots, by drawing lots. So they drew lots. That was the method. Matthias's name came out. There's this huge pot, stones inside it. The first stone that fell out of the pot and had a name on it, that was the person. 
So the stone falls out. The lot falls on Matthias. Matthias's name means, by the way, gift of God. But why Matthias? I want to say something to you. He was probably part of the 70 disciples. You know what? He was just a face in a crowd, but he was somebody who walked with Jesus from the baptism to the ascension, through the difficult parts when they wanted to throw him over the cliff, through the times when basically he saw people raised from the dead, people healed from the time he went out himself because he was designated to do that, to heal the sick, to uh, raise the, uh, to basically um, cast out demons. Jesus had given them the authority. He was there. He was there. But he did all of this without being a name like Peter, without being a name like John, without being a name like Andrew. No. He was just one in a crowd of 70. But God saw his faithfulness. God saw his faithfulness and he chose him. If you and I are looking to be recognized, well, we're looking in the wrong place. We're deceived and disillusioned. What we have to do is just do A, what God commands us, B, pray and seek the Lord and C, go out and speak to people and tell them about the love of God as the witnesses did in those days. Unitedly, they devoted themselves to prayer. They made decisions and they executed it. My question to you today is, what is your book of Acts speaking? about you as a witness? What is your book of Acts speaking about you as a witness? The Acts you do, what does it say? Are you united with everybody taking this opportunity to say 15 minutes of my time? Does it have to be early in the morning, first thing when I wake up? No, 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 no. It could be three o'clock in the afternoon. It could be nine o'clock at night. It could be at 12 o'clock in the afternoon for all I care. It is the time that you give to God devoted in prayer. When he sees you, you see him and you sit and say to him, I love you, Lord. I know that all I bring to you is what you can answer. And you and only you are the answer to my prayer. And you trust in God and believe in him and bring your things to him and God will answer. Are you the ones who people say, wow, she has a scripture verse hidden in her heart. He has a scripture verse hidden in his heart for every situation. God gives you that word. It comes from where? From what you have memorized. In a week, memorize at least two verses. Thy word I have hid in my heart, Psalm 119. Yes, 11, that I might not sin against you. Ultimately, execute the commands of God. Whatever work you're given, be it in your home, in your job, anywhere, execute it with integrity, execute it with faithfulness. Executed knowing that God is watching, forget about everybody else. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to end. And we'll pray that God makes us amazing witnesses. But I have a question before I leave. Does your method of choosing a person of great for a very important task meet the criteria as set out in Acts 1, verse 12? 26. Does it happen? Accordingly.